It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program, Tuesday morning, August 3, 2021. And the cast has assembled here in the studio. I'm Roger, Roger Bouchard. Yes, what's going on out there in the retail area. Not everything is uh, Amazon. And uh, they're backed about where they are. And they're... Um their rates uh, are running around 93% in terms of their occupancy. Now, is, is this saying that people are, are returning to retail in-store shopping? Is that uh, the, the message here? Absolutely. And it looks like they've rebounded almost 100% from uh, b- before the pandemic. And, of course, there's always downward pressure because of Amazon and online. But the, the uh, people are uh, shopping for school. They're uh, spending money. They had the seamless money, and they're spending it. And I think that was the intention that the government had, that it would create economic activity. And according to Simon Properties, and I don't think they're unique, uh, it it has uh, come back, and I think that's a great thing. Now, you know, one of the things I've noticed with uh, Amazon uh, shopping, I have, um, you know, when when I go on to, to make a purchase, it gives you your uh, what we call product history or purchase history, and I have noticed that the kinds of things I buy on Amazon would not be the kinds of things I'd go to uh, Vos True Value Hardware for, or to Emerald Mall for. They are specialty items, and uh, it's not the thing I wouldn't even know to where to look to find some of these items if I wanted to go out and uh, buy uh, buy something uh, retail. Uh, at a at a you know a brick and mortar type of on how far down do you go if there's a specific item and there's uh, you know thirty of them you know how far do you go down if, if I have the time I will drill down to make sure I get exactly what I want for the price I want mm-hmm. but I, what what do you do yeah I um I find it an adventure. I, you know, it's pretty much like being in a retail brick and mortar store. You can, um, you can look at, um, you know, twenty shirts, or um, you can uh, look at twenty shirts and their prices uh, on online. So yeah, I uh, I spend uh, quite a bit of time. I do not go with the the first two or three uh, recommended uh, items because uh, as you do uh, dig down a little bit further, you might find something that's uh, better for you and. At a lesser price. And free delivery, of course. And Amazon is very smart because I think about 85% of all hits are in the first three or four uh, mm-hmm. listings. So they pay for that. Yes, right. Uh, I I don't know if people realize that, but uh, that is the case. Hey, if you've got something that you would like to say, that's a good um, starting topic. That uh, according to the mall owners, uh, they are seeing their tenants in their malls uh very happy with sales as people are um, 
in the stores doing the shopping. Yeah, when I uh, when I shop, if you went and looked at my browsing history purchases, I make sure I get matching belts yeah. for my golf outfit. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We wouldn't want it any different. <laughs> Back in a moment. Inside or outside dining, or your favorite pickup order from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and mouth-watering Italian dishes, including pizzas on one of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Come in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup or to place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's Restaurant, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub Delivery is available. And, of course, on Grumpy's, uh, we also want to mention that uh, they have... Uh, Lunch available starting at noontime today. I have a luncheon engagement. Could be, uh, we'll head over to Grumpy's, yeah? Five ninety nine luncheons. Serve from noontime until 3 o'clock at Grumpy's. What can you get for five ninety nine? How about a couple of hot dogs with french fries, right? These are their hand-cut french fries at Grumpy's. Two hot dogs and then uh, you can um, load them up with, uh, and I do, with onions and mustard and relish and it goes on and on. Anyway, that's one of the five ninety nine specials. And another popular one is the meatball parmesan sandwich, again, with homemade French fries, Italian meatballs, marinara sauce, Italian blend cheese over, um, uh, you know, that's baked in the oven with a nice torpedo roll. You'll love the meatball parmesan sandwich with fries for only five ninety nine at Grumpy's. And, of course, on a Monday through Thursday basis, after 4 o'clock, the wait staff will hand you the regular Grumpy's menu and then the $10 dinner specials. $10 complete dinners, including two sides with uh, many of the dishes. I had the uh, mussels um, with uh, the nice marinara sauce the other, the other day um, for $10. Absolutely delicious. Uh, so if you're looking for a nice dining experience for lunch or for dinner, consider Grumpy's of Bellingham for that choice. Okay, let's uh, check in with another one of our sponsors here. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick, 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Very deceiving is this property at 183 Elmore Avenue or Elmore Street. I used to live on it. We used to call it Elmore Street, but its official name, just for the record, is Elmore Avenue. Anyway, when we say very deceiving, this house it looks um, like it does not have nine rooms in it, but it does. It's a um, 1920 Colonial built on Elmore, and Elmore is uh, right near um, Holy Trinity or the former Our Lady Queen of Modest Parish, right off of Park Avenue. Nice, quiet street. This house at 333, not, uh, excuse me, 339.9. 
has uh, three bedrooms, two full bathrooms, and it really is a nice uh, piece of property. Um, uh, and very good-sized yard with a patio, an above-ground pool, there's a shed. It's very private, fenced-in overlooking uh, the Barry Field Park. So this, this property is adjacent to Barry Field. Two-car garage, solar panels, great location, close to everything, including the highways and the supermarkets. All right, so it's at 183 Elmore Avenue in Woonsocket. And uh, Scott McGee would love to show you this property. 639-2906 is his telephone number. And you can give him a call, and we can arrange a showing for this beautiful property. We are now back to the Upfront program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, this panel has a reconvening. And it consists of Roger and Chris. It's our Tuesday program. And uh, we uh, go all over the place. However, because it is a talk show, we do um, always emphasize that if uh, we get a call, we'll take the call. 769-0600-766-1380. Love to talk to you about any topic whatsoever. So please feel free to introduce the topic. And we will give you our opinion on it. Sometimes informed. <laughs> Not always. Not always informed. Absolutely. You can't know everything. Um I think I'd be remiss not to talk about this topic. It's a local topic, but you're, you've had experience with over, uh, reviewing these, and that's the Community Development Block Grant money, <clears throat> which many people would consider, as I do, municipal welfare. It's not a badge of honor to be getting a lot of that money because that pretty much means you're a poor, distressed community. Right. But there's a big battle right now between the city council uh, and the mayor, the current mayor. And I know you can give perspective because you were on the uh, review board for, for quite a while. But it looks like John uh, DeSimone was asked by Council Vice President John Ward to review who controls the money. And um, DeSimone put it, I, I read the piece, I thought it made a lot of sense. And the mayor disagrees, but it he says that the city council has oversight of that money and for years it hasn't been that case and i know our mayor is not that happy about it so back in quote unquote the old days um they i was on what they call the community development block grant advisory council and that's exactly what it did is uh there were three components there was uh, mayor susan Minot at the time and then there was the Woonsocket City Council, and then there was this advisory board. And, and so what would happen is that certain groups would make an application uh, to try to get some of the CDBG money for their particular organization. Well, you know, you're right, Mr. Boulay. At that time, I have to tell you that Mayor Susan Menard was in charge. So whether the federal guidelines said it or not... Well, maybe the federal guidelines, I know the federal guidelines are the, pretty much the same back then as they were now or are now. And pretty much says that you need the collaboration of both the administration and the council. But Mayor Menard was so overwhelming in her, uh, shall we say, uh, handling of uh, the administrative side of uh, government that she made the final decisions, the final calls. And then the council would go along with them at that time. So maybe uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt remembers those days when uh, the mayor um, 
ran the show. And uh, so when Mr. Simone, the solicitor for the city of Woonsocket, he's the solicitor for both the mayor and the city council. He's between what we call a rock and a hard place anyway. When uh, he um, studied the law and, and found out that maybe um, the council does have uh, at least uh, the authority to uh, say, yeah, this is okay to do uh, that with the money, uh, she disagreed. And so I guess what uh, the newspaper story said with Russ Olivo is that she so much disagrees that she may hire her own legal counsel who has uh, experience in federal law to um, offer an opinion on it. So she's not giving up on this fight, though I never expected her to, right? Well, you don't expect her to back away, do you? Well, I was surprised how she threw DeSimone under the bus. Mm-hmm. I think everyone who deals with DeSimone thinks he's a quality attorney and very thoughtful. And I read the opinion. I'm not a lawyer. I, I know some great lawyers. And it just seemed like it made a lot of sense. And for... The mayor to throw him under the bus and basically saying he doesn't know what he's talking about, I, I thought was unfortunate. And it, it bothers me because the mayor and, uh, doesn't like what he said. And if, you know, if you really read uh, the memo and how he came across with it, he did his research. He spent 22 minutes with somebody who actually does this for uh, a living. And then he spent another hour conversation. And I'd be very surprised if it's overturned. But I just think it was, as Mr. Bouchard would say, very bad form for the mayor to do what she did. It is a four-page memo, but I can boil it down to 20 seconds. So I circled the part that really is the issue. So here's the question. This is from the memo. Is the mayor of the city of Woonsocket obligated to comply with the orders of the following ordinances as approved by the Woonsocket City Council? Community Development Block Grant Program, and the American Rescue Plan Act? The answer, yes. The mayor of the city of Woonsocket is obligated to comply with both provisions of the ordinances. And the ordinances called for the council to have a role in the final decision-making. So I don't think it could be any clearer from Mr. Simone. And I don't think it's any clearer from uh, the mayor that she disagrees with him. Right. And, and then you take it to the, to the next obvious question. And regardless of how I explained how I feel about it, and some a caller may feel differently, but what you have is the city council and the mayor squabbling over community development block grant money. Yet, if we have a bigger vision of where we want the city to be, we shouldn't even be getting the Don money because it's municipal welfare. So instead of looking for a vision of how do we get the right people in the city, how do we create a business climate and stop interfering uh, from the fourth floor as businesses come in? You know, we saw with Auden um, at the, the Walmart building, we, we saw we ran Walmart out of the city which is not entirely the administration's fault, but again and again we created an environment of um, not working with businesses and therefore we have high taxes. Why don't we work together and try to find a, uh, a way where this money is not even needed because we have a thriving community and that disappoints me more than anything. We have a caller. Hello. Thank you for calling the program and uh, what do you have on your mind today? Uh, good morning, Roger. Good morning, Chris. It's John Ward. Um, I'll be quick about this. Uh, your ears must have been ringing. Uh, well, I was listening <laughs> to Roger speak about the Menard, about Susan Menard, and how she was the last word on 
the CDBG program. And the fact of the matter is, as some other radio host would say, the fact of the matter is that's not true. In fact, when Susan Menard was made, yes, the, the CDBG program would go through the planning department and then through the advisory board, public hearings would be held. And you would have a an initial proposal and then a amendments that would have been done by the advisory board based on what they thought should be the appropriate distribution of the funds. And then it would go to the mayor, and the mayor would finalize the plan in the way that she wanted. However, there were times, and it was always possible for the council, when they had their public hearing and they had their night to pass the CDBG program, um, sometimes they would make amendments to that plan. And it was not something that Susan Menard ever objected to or could even rebut because their say was the final say. Um, yes, she did pretty much ignore sometimes what the advisory board said, but she was not at liberty to ignore what the council said. But she did get her um, way most of the time, though. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no doubt about it. And I'm not saying okay. that I'm not saying that the plan that comes to the council now would be so severely modified. I'm just talking about this whole thing is about process and the involvement of the council in in uh, programs where there's money being spent in the city, where there are options, and the council may have um, may have ideas about some things to be done with the money that that have not been considered, and therefore now according to the ordinance, but before according to the charter, the council would be the last word on the question. So. Um, she may object, and I hope she gets her a lawyer quickly who can tell her that she's wrong, and we can we can just move on with passing that budget and approving or reviewing any spending plans for the rescue plan money, and we can keep the process going. John, I have but to ask you a question. Uh, if she decides to get a lawyer, does she have authority to uh, engage a, a lawyer on her own uh, for a uh, outside opinion? Well, with her own money, she can certainly do that. I don't know that she can do it with city money with, without the council approval. Um, but, but it would be hard to deny her the right to do that, um, even though the law may say that she can't, because if she has a justified reason to object to something the council proposes and the, and the, the solicitor doesn't, she doesn't agree with the solicitor, um, I don't know. Technically, she can't, but she probably will anyway, because look where we are now. Well, John, are you as disappointed as I am the way it was handled publicly? I mean, you voted to reappoint De Simone. I think everyone who works with him thinks pretty highly of him, and I, I was I was kind of taken aback by this. Well, the mayor didn't want to reappoint him at the last election, and it was only because um, she was challenged to come up with somebody who would not appear to be um, simply biased in her favor on all matters. And so she agreed to reappoint DeSimone, and DeSimone has served us well, I thought. He's, he's been even-handed. Now, she objects because she can't fire him. Well, she can't fire him because she can fire him, but she would need the support of four votes of the council. And clearly she wouldn't have that majority of the council to support that firing, so she's sort of forced to deal with him. But it's his, you know, I don't ask him to make judgments in my favor. I ask him to make judgments on the law. And he did that. Um, I provided him all the information I could based on what I knew because I had a sense of how this issue should play out. So I gave him everything I had, and I said, okay, from a lawyer's perspective, go do your research and tell me what is right and what is wrong. 
and that's what he did, and that's all I can ever ask of him. That's all I ever would ask of him. And if he if he said I was wrong, then I would simply shrug my shoulders and say, "Okay, let's move on." Thank you for because your opinion, sir. Thanks, thanks for the call, as always. Thanks for the time. All right, Take you're care. welcome. That was uh, John Ward from uh, the Woonsocket City Council. He's the vice president. Maybe I should have kept him online for this email. Um, because he can always call back. Uh, so this person writes, I would like to ask both of you this question. Imagine tomorrow you were the mayor of the city of Woonsocket. Five of the uh, city council members, and uh, my screen has disappeared here. Excuse me. All right. So imagine you're mayor of the city. Five of the city council members want you to lose. They have run multiple different candidates every two years to replace you as mayor and do everything they can do to stop progress in the community. So would you, as the mayor, work in cooperation with those city council members or not? I think that really is the issue that stops so much success for our community and that we have had politicians that focused more on the, um, on the control of the political alliances and their agendas. Maybe someday, but not today, writes our emailer. <coughs> so basically, the emailer, if I can reinterpret uh, the, uh, what, what he or she is saying, is that uh, there are all different political agendas out there and that the five, five members that uh, he or she is referring to do not work toward the common good of the city, but more for their political purposes. You want me to comment? Sure, of course. The, the, yeah. would, would you think I would not want well, you to comment? Well, I, I said mean... said for the two of you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And there's a built-in conflict between the legislative branch and, and the I mean, and, and the executive branch. That's, that's just the way it is. And at, at times, the mayor can be a petty tyrant. And she has not shown any willingness to work with the city council. And I think uh, Gendron and all of them, have, for the most part, have put aside those differences and trying to better the city. But the mayor will go out and do things, and they'll find out about it secondhand, and you get, tie, you get tired of that. You know, Barry Field, Rise Academy, on and on and on, where I don't feel, my personal feeling as a city, of, you know, a city resident, that um, she's, she's trying to collaborate. And um, there gets to be a point where, and again, I think the city council has looked at the mayor and said directly to the mayor, we're going to make you a better mayor. We're going to work with you. We're going to try to give you the resources. But there's been no collaboration uh, at all. So if I was, I, I certainly could do a better job as mayor than, than our mayor. There's no question about that. Um, and I think I'd work better with them. And just you put those differences aside and, and you try to put the city first. Does that mean you're running for mayor? I, w I wish I could. There's, there's no question in my mind I, I, I would do a much better job. And I would work with all seven city council members. And look, we're, we're, we're arguing, and I've said this three times, I'm going to say for the fourth time, we're arguing about half a million dollars or less for community development block grant money. The reason why we're getting that money is we're poor. And, and we're, we're not a well-run community. And the vision should be, you know, there's no term limits. You know, you're running for two years, you want to be reelected, but there's no term limits in the city. 
You want to have a vision of this is where we want to be, where we don't need this money. And I don't see that at all. I, I see it as treading water, and it's very disappointing as an observer. Thank you for your opinion. And now, another phone call. Hello there. Another phone call. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Roger, Roger Gillette. Uh, on your first topic uh, pertaining to uh, Susan Menard, uh, there were times as a city councilman, I remember, where... Uh, the list would come to the city council as far as distributing the funds, and someone in the audience would actually come up to and ask, say, uh, why wasn't I or my business or whatever it was taken into consideration, blah, 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 and made enough of an argument where the majority of the council looked at each other and said, yes, why wasn't he or she included, and an actual change would be made. Uh, and, and those people were given some monies, not all necessarily that they wanted, but some monies in order to, uh, you know, make things fairer. Uh, so changes have been made even under the Menard administration. And But I do agree with you, Roger, that, uh, you know, she did get her way most of the time. Well, um, I, it's interesting how everybody interprets um, what happened back then in probably three different ways. So I was on the advisory council, and I, after a while, I said, you know, I think it's time to get off of the advisory council because most of the time the advice that the advisory council pushed through was not the way that the funds were actually allocated in the end. So uh, I said, well, um, thank you for the opportunity to serve on the council, but I think uh, I'll do something else with my time. But um, you're right, uh, a few times uh, the mayor was overridden, but not very often. You're, you're right. And it, uh, can I comment on your email? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Part of the email uh, had to do with uh, <coughs> making it sound like the city council, both the last city council and the current city council, because of its uh, five votes, are uh, stopping the city of Woonsocket from moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's what that, the email suggested. Yes, that is so far from the truth. It is totally pathetic. As a matter of fact, actions speak louder than words. And uh, I'm going to be coming up uh, very shortly with uh, legislation taking on the Beaupont plan. Uh, that uh, Beaupont plan is going to be brought out into the forefront so that the uh, people of Woonsocket can see and understand exactly what that's all about. And it's going to be amazing once all of the information uh, is brought out. Uh, as to uh, what the Beaupont plan can actually do long-term for the city of Woonsocket. And we'll see if that emailer still feels the same way after listening and, uh, to all of the facts that are going to be brought out then. <coughs> Excuse me. But th there's one thing uh, for that I need to bring out is keep in mind the middle school, the old middle school, was uh, we had a purchaser that the mayor didn't like. She wanted the people from Chicago to be the purchaser of the old middle school, but uh, she didn't get her way. What happened to that project? It never materialized because the mayor and her administration did not cooperate as she would have with someone else because that wasn't the people of her choice that wanted the middle school to become a reality. And the, own, uh, the people who bid on it ended up bowing out and saying, uh, ended up getting frustrated and bowed out. 
what happened with the solar panels that uh, Councilman Brian brought up that uh, would be saving the city of Woonsocket a lot of money, thousands and thousands of dollars in money right now if, uh, you know, that project would have gone through. The mayor didn't like it. It wasn't her idea. She, in turn, squashed that, and nothing ended up materializing. So maybe your email needs to think about things like that, too, and create some sort of a balance and not just blame the city council for not wanting to do anything to help the city of Woonsocket. Well said, sir. Thanks for the call. Thank you very much. Have a great one. All right. Thank you. So, um, all we need is three more phone calls from city council members, and we will have a quorum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, uh, Roger Gillette. Thank you, uh, John Ward. And, and, and uh, in a serious list, we appreciate the calls because uh, we need that uh, perspective. Next time we have the mayor on, I'm making a note here saying, did she and her administration drag things out um, long enough for the uh, Pawtucket group who is going to develop the middle school? Um, did she drag it out long enough so that uh, the the group ran out of time in terms of uh, how um, the expense of the project was going up? Did she uh, cause that project to go south or um, did it go south on its own and uh, I'm sure she'll say that it went south on its own, don't you think? Yes. This is the Upfront Program on WNRI. I think before we take a break, we could introduce another topic. Does Tom Brady have a new yacht? Or is he buying one? Or uh, Yes. Um, um, yeah, the, uh, President Obama's birthday is, is uh, I think, tomorrow. But today is uh, Tom Brady's birthday. Well, congratulations to Tom Brady and to uh, former President Barack Obama. Two interesting individuals. Yeah, Tom Brady is um, a California kid. He played in Michigan, and he was used to the poor weather. He played in New England, and he's really loving Tampa. And his uh, family likes to hang around the Bahamas, so he's getting a 77-foot yacht, which is just a beautiful yacht is being built, and he'll probably have it by next year. And um, it, it's custom just, built. Uh, well, as much as as much as you can, th- those things that, that you know you don't just buy them off the lot. It's six million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, in perspective, it's a seventy-seven foot yacht. Tiger Woods, his boat is privacy. It's one hundred fifty-six uh, feet, and it's twenty million dollars. So, if you look at it that way, it's it's uh, it's kind of a bargain. It's much more modern than than say. Uh, a typical one, and uh, he wants to have it so he can sail on the weekends to the Bahamas. And he's got a uh, house that he's uh, he was renting. Now he's going to buy something right in, in the in Tampa area. Well, congratulations to uh, Tom. Do you think you'll get an invitation? I I I don't. I don't think I, so I don't. Yes, as much as you uh, admire him, you're not on that inv- invitation list. Not yet. This is the Upfront program on WNRI. We have a few announcements to make, and then we'll be back. Please stay with us. Step back in time at Pass Down in Time Antiques and Collectibles, Socket's newest antiques store. From vintage to mid-century, from rustic to Victorian, you're sure to find items that will bring back wonderful memories, like wood crates, tens, viewmasters, books, and small furniture. Pass down in time, located across from City Hall on Main Street, Woonsocket. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pass down in time, where antiques of yesteryear reveal their stories today. 
That little red truck is all over the area. It belongs to A&R Trailer Rentals. We have 45-foot storage trailers for rent or lease and 20-foot ground-level containers available. We also offer leasing with option to buy. We specialize in household and commercial storage for the public. And if you're looking for a place to store household items while remodeling or renovating, look no further. We have your temporary storage needs available for a fraction of the cost of a storage facility. Call Al Gagnon today, 766-1919. And he'll take care of you. For your lawn and garden, we can deliver Wright's Farm Cow Manure. Or you can select an organic mix, which is lab-tested by the University of Maine for your lawn and garden, along with gravel, sand, clay, stone dust, and mulch, all delivered to your property. Al Gagnon's Little Red Truck will bring it to you. For information, call Al at 766-1919. That's 766-1919. You'll love the ambience, the food, the friendly service when you visit Ciro's Tavern downtown at 42 Cherry Street. Try our popular lobster bisque or New England chowder this summer. Or grilled flatbreads served five ways. Our burgers and sandwiches are sure to please. And our main plates led by marinated steak tips and short ribs. Try our summer menu including our fabulous crab cakes. Open Tuesday through Sunday. Reservations encouraged for inside or outside dining at 769-3330. Outside patio in full swing. Hampton Court also available for dining at Ciro's Tavern. Hi, this is Gina Savini inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces flip-flop wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of flip-flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale. Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light 30-pack. 2647 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors. 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. One thing about uh, being here at WNRI, there's certainly a uh, divergence of opinion. So if you were listening to the Upfront program yesterday when Dick was here, uh, this COVID-19 threat is um, really um, minimal. And then uh, the Department of Health uh, yesterday says that uh, Rhode Island is moving into a high COVID transmission uh, period based on data received. And one of the things uh, is that uh, as you go around the the horn here in the radio station of talk shows, uh, they all are uh, very opinionated about, uh, about this subject. 
where does that leave the average person who, you know, <laughs> has to open the door of their house and go out on the street every day and, um, you know, uh, go into a supermarket or, or maybe uh, want to go to the zoo or, um, you know, or, or do something? Uh, wh- what are they to think? Who are they to believe? Who do you believe, Chris? Well, when you think about COVID and you think about the vaccines and the progress that we've made, they're making it sound like it's a death sentence. It's not. It's not the uh, black plague. Uh, it, it's not the Spanish flu where you know mo- many many people are dying. Your chances of dying if you take care of yourself are, are minimal. So if you translate in my mind COVID to a bad case of the flu, and you make a great point. If you're really afraid, stay the hell home. Let the rest of us live our lives. Don't shut down the economy and destroy it. The untold trillions of dollars of loss. Now we have a $29 trillion deficit. We've had people OD. We've had obesity. Obesity kills many, many more people than the COVID will. And you've got people having been taking care of themselves going to the gym because of this. So on and on again. So we've taken this word covid which is, you know, been around, SARS has been around since 2002, and we make it sound like it's a death sentence and everyone's afraid. The media wants us to be afraid because that's how they do it. CNN will have a, a, a list of how many deaths they've had in, in COVID. And so you translate that and you think it's, it's a death sentence. So everyone is, you know, basically an American here. If you want to stay home and you're afraid, stay home. Let the rest of us lead our lives. We have callers waiting. Let's press the buttons and see what's on the minds of our listeners. Hello. What's your comment, please? I hope I can be brief. Number one, excuse me, allergies. I've been totally vaxxed. Um, I wish that everyone got to turn my radio down. I'm moving around the house here. And I guess I offend some people because I'm so ADD, but that's their problem, not mine. I've lived all this time being ADD, have no problem doing three things at once. So, first of all, if you can find Steve Hilton, The Next Revolution, somewhere on YouTube, his opening statement Sunday night was one of the most... I don't know. I found it inspiring. I can't remember it all, but it was about the deaths and about COVID and about how we've been lied to right along. Secondly, this new strain is very, very catchy. Therefore, I am not going to go with uh, where there's a lot of people right now, even though I'm vaxxed. And I'm going to take extra vitamin C. So that's what I do, and I drink a lot of water, and I don't drink liquor. So um, maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, and, we, we were with you until the last comment, but go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to drink liquor or you won't make it. Uh, so anyway, um, but yesterday I called John Dion because I have been going through old papers, and I found something that I had totally forgotten one of my causes in 1976, I found a book called The Beast of Monsieur Racine, and I was so appalled at that book being placed in libraries all over the country for little children to see that I spoke to a friend who was a nursery school teacher and another neighbor, and the three of us 
took off on this crusade. Needless to say, the ranks closed. They circled the wagon. Oh, no, people, check this out. They're full of crap. So maybe that's how long I have not believed authoritative figures because all they care about is covering their rear ends. And if you, uh, I hope that book is no longer in our libraries. It's a disgrace. I'm going to tell you one, just one. There's a picture of a hobo with a knapsack over his back. He's got a white white knapsack. The bottom of the knapsack is full of blood and it's dripping and there's a foot sticking out of the top of the knapsack. Now you tell me that's something appropriate in a picture book for children. Um, And I had all the reviews. Anyway, that led me to think, what about these people that were defending the rights of pornographers and and these people that uh, thought, uh, you know, you you can't stop a book and blah, blah, blah. They don't have any problem today, and I would like to know, but I, I don't want to invade your privacy, what it is you can't find locally that you need so desperately from Amazon. And you know, I hate Amazon because they own the Washington Post, WAPO, and they control so much of the media, and we are in an era, not an era, an era is a mistake, we are in an era of censorship. Okay, i got to hang up because I'm way over. Right. But you can say hit, whatever you want about hit, me when I'm going. Well, hit, hit, hit the machine now. You got, you're all worked up, and I think you're going to go, great, uh, hit that sled. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, no, I'm, it's a gazelle. Gazelle. Have a, have a great one. Thanks for, thanks for the call. Okay, <laughs> so she wanted to know what uh, what is it that I would order on Amazon that um, I couldn't find, uh, you know, at a local store. Well, as you know, Chris, my wife is Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes she gets the the hankering for something that she used to have in Canada. Well, some of those things that she used to have are not sold in America. Certain kinds of cookies and stuff like that. And so we look them up on Amazon, and there they are, and they're shipped right out. And I've already told you what I get on Amazon. Yeah, yes, <laughs> you have. Let's take another call on the Upfront program. Hello there. Hi. Hi. You know, um, when you talk about the COVID-19, right, you, you want to know my people's opinions of it. Yes. First, may I make a public announcement? If you're in a van or a car by yourself driving down the highway with a mask on you're damn nuts you're crazy <laughs> what's wrong with you uh, i see it all the time yeah you, you definitely don't need a bumper sticker we know who you voted for to that extent huh we don't you don't need a bumper sticker we know who you voted for for president if you if you do that yeah i mean i just it's uh, you, you must be crazy you, 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 people walking down the street, no one's around them, got the mask on. It's not some airborne contagion like that. If it was, everybody would already have it, period. There would be no worried about spreading it or anything. Oh, everyone would have it. There'd be no avoiding it. Mm-hmm. It'd be over. It would have been over in day one. I, I, I agree with you. I think I think it looks silly. It's, it's It makes you scratch your head when people do that. I, I, I concur. And, and why? We can't get that message out. What do you know? And although I, I had this talk with Larry, it's like, but people don't get the vaccine. They're not worried about Larry. It's a one percent death rate, and that's for people over sixty-five. It's not the Black Plague. But now, why we're on it? 
what are we going to do to stop the bike plague from being the next thing they generate out of one of these research centers? When are we going to shut down this whole increase of function research? That needs to be outlawed, period, throughout the world. Yeah, we can't we can't control we can't control China, but we sure as heck can stop funding it as Fauci did and lied about it. I think we gave six hundred thousand dollars to the Wuhan lab to do this. So we can't control the world. There's always going to be biological weapons out there, but we certainly don't want to be supporting it the way we have. Yeah, that's one thing that that nobody's talking about. I mean, I'm sure right now we're still giving them money for it. One hundred percent sure we are. And, and then I got one little local pet peeve, if I may, because I was at Diamond Hill yesterday and I drove by in the motor vehicle department and I see that big sign out there, by appointment only. Last time I went to register a car, it took 35 days to get it registered. I was to the point where I was going to have to drive another car illegally because I was letting the plate expire because, quite honestly, it wouldn't pass inspection, so I got another car that will pass inspection, but I can't drive it because I can't get it registered because it took 35 days to register it. Correct me if I'm wrong, our budget's always going up. We got a bigger state budget this year than last year. Absolutely, by 30%. And we didn't cut the motor vehicle department. Nope, no, nope, there's no question about it. It's going, it's going back to your original point. There's a, there's a very much an, an overreaction, and everyone has a right to make their own personal decision about it. And if you're, like you said, if you're terrified and you want, you don't want to interact with people, stay home. Leave the rest of us as Americans to make our own decisions about it. And, and, and I think, I think we agree with you. Thank you so much for the call. I just wish the motor vehicle department would go back to normal. We need to force it to go back to normal because the bottom line is if we didn't cut their budget, we didn't cut their size, right, but we cut their function, well, where's the sense in that? Well, they go go back to normal. It's still going to be a disaster. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. They're doing it by appointment because that's the way they like it, not, yeah, not yeah. necessarily how we like it. Exactly. I loved waiting in line like that. <laughs> Tuesdays is uh, Burger and Brouhaha at River Falls Restaurant, and uh, it's a good deal, 12 bucks. And uh, you choose the burger of your choice, and also you choose all these different um, beers uh, that you can get, um, including, I'm just going to give you an idea, you can get um, Boston's Beer, Samuel Adams' Wicked Hazy Beer, if you want. Or you can have a simple um, Bush, um, you know, um, Bud Light. Yeah, we, you, you can have that. Or you can have something a little more uh, exotic, like uh, Foundation Mango Tango Jam. It's a beer. And uh, it's available, uh, along with the burger, $12 every, um, every Tuesday at uh, River Falls here in Woonsocket. Remember, you can do uh, dining on the Blackstone, too. And, um, and you can do inside dining. Whatever your choice, you'll find it at River Falls Restaurant here in Woonsocket. And they're, they're right at Market Square. And tomorrow, of course, they have the original dinner for two. We'll tell you about that tomorrow. Well, we're almost out of time. What did we miss as, uh, as maybe a topic here, Mr. Boulay? Well, we alluded to it. Uh, the uh, 45th President of the United States, President Barack Obama, is going to be 60 tomorrow. And he's having a party for himself where he's going to have about 500 guests and about 200 workers there on his $15 million spread in uh, Martha's Vineyard. And so there's a pushback saying it's going to be a super spread if it was a Republican, but since it's a Democrat. But I think 
what I want to talk about and bring out here is President Trump lost a billion dollars in net worth being president of the United States in the, in the four years he was president. President Obama um, had very little net worth. He still had student loans from Harvard University when he became president in 2009, and he's now worth about $80 million. So it appears that the book sold. You know, people actually bought the book, but you should be concerned when a politician gets rich in office. And now the president's worth 70, maybe $100 million. And um, I don't think that's what we want. But like I said, if people actually bought the books, well, it's capitalism at its best. But he is uh, doing this in, uh, in the light of a COVID where the average American is supposed to hunker down and not do this, not do that. But President Obama is uh, going full force with hundreds of people in, uh, in a very small area. Only 60 years old. I mean, that is young from presidential standards. So my question, I think a lot of people are saying is, is he coming back? Uh, would he uh, be the Joe Biden replacement? Would he possibly be facing Donald Trump on a ballot? I think the Constitution says you can have two terms or 10 years. So is that what you're saying? I thought the Constitution said you could come back a third, uh, I a don't, third term if you uh, put one in between. But, of course, I'm not a constitutional expert. I'm almost positive that's not the case. But I, before I make it, I should, uh, by Thursday, I will have researched that. All right. And Thursday it is uh, when, we, uh, when we do match up uh, again. All right. Thank you for uh, being with us. Thank you, callers, for your contribution to, uh, to the Upfront program. We'll see you next time around, okay? This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.